Welcome to this episode of The Hub. I am Morgan Jam, the host. We have such a great episode today. This is going to be for anybody who is an influencer who wants to be an influencer, a YouTube creator, a TikTok creator. Uh, it, it is also applicable to musicians, writers, whatever sort of art form that you are working on. We talked to a creative brand manager, CEO. He, he, he does so much with some of the biggest and brightest uh, influencers and YouTubers out there, notably the Yes Theory. He, he worked with them for a very long time and has implemented some incredible strategies into growing your brand and, and just, just ways to, to, to create revenue and, and, ju- and just build a, a strong following. I spoke to Zach Honarver. Zach Honarver. Honarver. And I've known him for a couple years and we just had such a really we had a great conversation. That's all it was. A great conversation. I learned a lot. I'm always inspired when I talk to him. And it always lights a fire under my ass when I talk to him to just do more and, and for my own brand and for my own creativity. And I and I hope you get the same level of inspiration out of this conversation that I did. So please enjoy this episode of The Hook with me and Zach. I'm really excited to talk to you because you are kind of on the other side, I'm going to say of the camera lens a little bit. You know what I mean? Can you kind of describe what you do? uh, Maybe for somebody who has no idea, how would you define it? So I define my role as like a manager technically, but I, I try to be the behind the scenes partner that helps with all like outsource business. Yeah. Um, so sometimes that's like an outsource COO where all the operations and building of external businesses outside of a creator Okay. Uh, creator's career, I'll be the person that takes it from zero to one. So from idea to actually being a real thing and then helping them build that out and inevitably building out a team or, to actually continue the operations of it. So I'm going to, that was like, a, that was sort of simple, but let's, let's even simplify it further. So let's say I'm a creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, I make music videos, mm-hmm. right? And for some reason, my music videos are popping off. So then what do you do? let's say, um, what are, what is the zero to one for me? Well, let's use another example for okay, you, great. right? Like you, uh, do live performances with a guitar. Absolutely. Like I would say that's Morgan, literally exactly what I do. Yeah. <laughs> you and you're, let's say you're popping off hypothetically. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, yo, I think it's time for me to launch my own guitar brand. People are starting to copy me yeah. and like do the same thing. Why not get a guitar that has a slight functionality that helps you versus like the acoustic guitar that every right? Like, and I'm a songwriter exactly. and a singer, and I don't know anything about how to scale up to like sell a product, really. Yeah, okay. and like let's say there, I'm I'm making stuff up here, but let's say it would was helpful for you if you had an acoustic guitar that had a panel on the top of it, so that while you were doing your live performances, you could have prompts. To, like mm. kind of like a Kindle on the top of an acoustic guitar. Okay. We're like, yo, people doing live performances that are less music related and more comedy stand-up related would love that. Okay, let's create the Morgan J guitar. 
Mm. I would be the person who would be like, all right, what's the first step? How do I find the manufacturer? How much is this going to cost? Where do we get the money from? Can we find investors? Okay. Then we find that. Okay. Are we selling D to C like online? This is me. If I was his client or like if we work together and and I'd call him up, he'd be telling me this. And and at the end of the call, because my own manager will have conversations like this and I'll be like, all right, cool, 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 cool. I'll just uh, keep writing my stuff, follow up with you later, you know? Yeah, and honestly, it, it kind of goes like that because my philosophy is always like the creator, the artist should be focusing on what they're good at, which is creating the art and creating yeah. the videos or creating the content. And if you start to like diverge your focus away from creating the art to like what should my guitar look like, mm-hmm. then the main thing that's going to promote the guitars is going to completely fall and then the whole thing is screwed. Yeah. So um, I'm noticed, like the person that takes that over. Totally. Okay. Yeah, I've noticed since hiring an intern, there has been a huge burden lifted for me, right? Because I Because back when I started posting the TikTok, it was all on me to like, format edit formatting for three different platforms adding you know subtitling and all that stuff and even getting rid of that step has freed me up yeah and so even even stuff like that so it might be you know like let's say i'm hypothetical morgan's manager Mm -hmm. i would have been like hey morgan it's time for us to go find an intern all right you don't even have time to start looking for an intern why don't you just give me your phone i'll put out a little instagram story for people to send their email somewhere I'll find a candidate. You'll chat with them. We'll hire them. You're going to offload your stuff to them. Right. So it's essentially like really starting to just think about the business and what can make it operate more efficiently. And then I try to just like put those into action so that again, you as the creator could just focus on what you really enjoy doing and what you're good at doing and un- irreplaceable at doing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to talk about something that's on uh, the one day talent, one day entertainment Am I, did I mess it up? One mm-hmm. day, yeah. One Day Entertainment. One Day Entertainment uh, that I really liked underneath uh, the profile. And it said, uh, and you, you know what I'm going to say? Creators, oh. I don't know how long ago you wrote this, if it was you who wrote it, but yeah. creators and artists shouldn't be treated like influencers. They should be treated like startups. They need managers who act like CEOs and not agents. And I really, really like this because I feel like we're kind of entering this world where you don't have to be a celebrity who's a, like a music celebrity, a, a TV celebrity, a film celebrity to make an impact or reach your audience. You know, there's like this middle class of entertainers that it, that's that's happening, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I did write it and um, <laughs> yeah, I'm very passionate about it. Like I think, where did it come from initially? Was I, I think it was like predominantly with creators, right? So like YouTube creators and digital creators. One, there weren't any managers in the space when I started like four years ago. There were only agents at CAA and WME that were repping the digital department. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them were only conducting cash deals for their creators that they managed. So it was like, oh, you want to work with uh, Fiji Water? Okay, cool. Here's a $10,000 deal. Go post on your Instagram. I'm going to take 10% of your cut and then off to the races. And I started realizing like everyone is calling this influencer marketing, but people don't realize that it's there there. It's beyond just like influence. Like these people are creating real stories and this is the future of where content is going. Like people are getting get less inspired by the movie stars that they see in the two hours of movie that they watch every like few months. And they're going to actually hold more emotional attachment to the YouTubers and the digital creators and the TikTokers that they watch every single day, I multiple mean, times a day. I can totally attest to that as somebody who was on TV. I'm not like a, I'm not like, obviously I'm nobody, but like I was on, I'm somebody. No, you are somebody more. <laughs> no, no. But, but I was on a TV show that was kind of like last comic standing on NBC, right? Mm-hmm. I was on it for three episodes. Each episode I was on had an average of about 3 million viewers. 
Mm. Okay. I probably had his FaceTime on each episode of about three minutes or three to four minutes. Right. Um, then 2020, I went from like zero to half a million followers on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Now when I tour and I do shows, I would say 60 to 70% of all ticket sales come from my TikTok followers and promo- and promotions and like, and, and promoting on those platforms. Mm-hmm. And one or two out of, two people out of the whole audience might have seen me on this TV show, mm. which is like, you know, the proof is literally in, in that. And I know people who have plenty of TV credits who have a hard time selling tickets, you know? Totally. And it's it's kind of a weird shift. And I think if people aren't really realizing, like, it's literally in front of your face. And, and you know, my whole pushback before trying to, like, go hard with social media, and I don't even go that hard with it. I can go harder. But um, it's just like there's this kind of fatigue that... I feel like sets in as a creator. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Uh, do you know, do you, can you speak to that? I mean, you work with creators. Do you think creators sense that they have this fatigue, this pressure? Yeah. Cause it, the, the thing never stops, you know what I yeah. mean? Like you constantly have to keep going. And I think that's why so many creators have struggled with like mental health and uh, burnout is because the thing never stops. You always have to upload the next week. You always have to upload the next day. Mm-hmm. And these platforms are very unforgiving to creators that take a break. So yeah. if you are dormant on a, on a social media channel for Yo, too took, long, yeah. you feel it in your viewership. Oh yeah. I took a month off of TikTok when I was moving and getting everything. I think I lost like 10,000 followers. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, obviously the numbers kind of like fluctuate the higher up you get, you know, they they seem like big numbers, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's like, um, TikTok is probably the most forgiving of them. Like YouTube, if you don't post, oh, yeah. they're going to stop recommending your old catalog. Right. Um, your next video won't perform as well. I it, did not know it, that. It, cause perf- I... it promotes frequency. So if yeah. you're posting every single day, uh, it'll promote more of your videos because right. you're using the platform more often. You're publishing more content. That's why a lot of creators and the algorithm adjusts and people and, and it, it fluctuates. But that's why people like Casey Neistat who vlogged every single day for years perform so well why logan paul was performing so well with the daily vlogs and stuff so um yeah yeah there's not a lot of people who have gotten successful or become successful on youtube starting with like posting once every two months sure, sure. you can transition that way once you establish your audience but most people have to be very frequent i think i read the statistic for the average creator on youtube somebody who has like a hundred thousand followers has posted so, like an average of a thousand videos up to that point. Mm-hmm. And then if it's like a million, it's like 3000 videos or something like that. Something, yeah. some crazy, like the it's average person, number. obviously, you know, you have your client who, you know, had this exponential growth, but yeah. for the average person, if they just are consistent with it, you're right. Kind of totally. Um, let me talk a little bit about the difference between, so you are a manager, CEO, kind of a brand manager, uh, but you are working with talent at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's what we call your client, their talent, you know, sure. what do you think is the main difference between what you do as a manager, as opposed to what a traditional manager does, like, like a manager like I have who deals with like the street, the big streamers, the big platforms, the, those types of deals. Um, I would say what we do as a management company that differs from all managers is like, we really focus on partnering with the creators or the talent. Mm-hmm to actually be co-founders in businesses adjacent to their main thing. And my philosophy, especially in the world of YouTube and digital creators, is that you have like an NFL career. Mm -hmm. Most creators only have a few years where they're really like uh, relevant and hot. And unfortunately for a lot of creators, that doesn't last very long. And you can like twist an ankle and be gone, kind of like the NFL. Um, And that's obviously like some people have been able to 
go against the grain and, and have the longevity of like a Logan Paul who's reinvented himself multiple times. Even David Dobrik yeah. has re reinvented himself well. Um, but uh, the philosophy that we've brought is like, okay, while you have a lot of audience and a lot of relevancy and a lot of engagement, start a business that you own equity in yeah. that can be jump-started through the engagement of your audience. And then that business will go on to become a business that doesn't necessarily need your continued promotion, but you will own this forever and it'll pay you forever. I love that. And so that's the, that's the main philosophy we bring and what we help facilitate. We still help with like growing the channel. We still help with hiring a team. We still help with growing the actual content and the mm -hmm. viewership and the engagement. But where it all comes down is the main priority is can you actually become an entrepreneur mm -hmm. rather than just being an influencer, creative individual? The last time we had lunch, I think you had recommended or we were just talking shop and you were like, you should do like a course or something like a comedy course. And I, and I thought I've thought about that since we talked about it. And the only thing that's kind of holding me back is just sort of like this feeling of like, you know, those who can't teach. And mm -hmm. I don't want to be put in this like, like at least with my comedy peers, it would be viewed as. I don't know. They they wouldn't. I don't know. I I just feel I feel weird about it. But also like, part of me is like, yo, get that bag because you literally have people DMing you. All the, I mean, I'm I have a guy DMing me now who's like, yeah, I want to get into TikTok, but I I don't want to sell out. I don't want to like post. And I'm like, bro, you don't have to like. I I, I send him back like, you don't have to look at it as selling out. First of all, if you're if you're not putting anything out, you're not selling anything. Correct. You know what I mean. And on um, second of all, just because you post a couple of TikToks doesn't mean like you're a TikToker, you know? Also, it, there's such a weird like stigma around like people feeling ashamed of like promoting their shit. You like can't. what the fuck? When did it ever become not cool to sell your shit? That's like, I've, I have a friend that's an artist and we laugh get about mad. it all the time. Get mad. <laughs> yeah, like I, you, honestly, I get mad because I'm like, artists are like, yo, I don't want to be like overly promoting of my stuff that I'm on TikTok like making dances or making funny videos to my songs. I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't need to be dances and it doesn't need to be funny videos. It can be your own creative spin on promoting your song. Yeah. But if you're an artist that wants to release music and just have the song pop off by the act of it God, happen. like shame on you. You should love your song so much that you are dying to think of a hundred ways to like incorporate it in videos and be creative in your in, like promotion of it. Yeah. Don't be lazy and just expect it to like pop off like you're the weekend good example and i bring this up i bring him up on the podcast he's actually going to be staying at my apartment with his crew in in a couple of weeks as a niece who you oh, know nice. yeah, yeah. i mean i i hit him up i'm like bro do you just kind of like put the same like you record the same version of the song kind of like over and over again he's like yeah like just i just put it out like in multiple different times like whatever they're all in his car but he'll sing the same verse over and over again and just keep posting the same one. And Dude, sometimes one pops off. He is the gold standard of artists. He's like a dream client you you could have almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would say so. Like, he has no issues. He doesn't even need me. I know. You he know doesn't what I mean? Need, like, he, like, and that's why I have so much respect for him. And <laughs> I saw it so early. Like I, I messaged him at the beginning of 2020. And I was like, dude, like you're so sharp with this. Like you can tell he it's all coming from him yeah. and i'm not surprised i've been there a, i've seen it I, yeah. I remember i was in dc i had dinner with him and uh <laughs> we went to get some boba tea yeah and he was like yo set the camera up set the camera like oh immediately i was like bro like you don't even want to just like sip this for he's like no 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 no. we got to do a boba pop. pop we got to do that whole thing that's going to be it he should turn that into like an animated gif to like at the front and, and back he's smart end. because the sound of the boba straw popping into the drink 
is the thing that now has become it's a, like a repeatable. Yeah. It's become like the subliminal thing that when you hear it, you like listen to what he has to say because he like pops it and he says some inspirational shit. And he's done that in like a gazillion. I get motivated well. by him all the time. Watching. It's, 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 it's awesome. Okay. I want to, yeah. uh, let me see where we're at. Yeah. Because I want to, there's a couple of things I want to get to. What do you think social media can do that traditional media can't? What do I think social media can do that? Or sorry, that, yeah, that traditional and media. And by traditional can't. media, we, we're talking film and TV and let's say radio, for example. I mean, the, the obvious one is like, you can go direct to fans. There's no more middleman. Yeah. You know, you don't need anyone's permission to like audition like you do with this green screen that pops down and like be like, please accept me for this role. It's like, no, you can make the role. Yeah. If you want to direct a movie, you needed to get into the industry and have someone approve you so that you can like get the budget in order to go make a feature film. Nowadays, right. you could like make the f like trailer for the feature film on your iPhone, put it on YouTube, build the audience, and then take that to a production studio and be like, hey, look, people liked my trailer. Why don't you trust me? Mm. And people are getting more opportunities that way than going through the ladder of what used to be the way to do it. Like, think about me. Like, I ended up just working with friends of mine that were content creators, and now I'm a manager. Yeah. There's all these people who just bust ass at WME and CAA and were someone's assistant to try to even get the opportunity to represent someone. Yeah. And now it's like, no, no, no. You can just go direct to the audience, build a community and be a manager. Well, let me, let me, talk, let me ask you this. And I was going to, let's move into the actionable advice column because I, I want to talk a little bit about this. You know, the way you just said, you know, people kind of in, in the traditional industry they they kind of climb and fight for clients they fight for parts they need to be chosen mm -hmm. but let's talk about somebody who is let's say in college they're a sophomore in college and they want to be a musician or who knows maybe even a baker let's even go more like they want to they just like to bake but they have no followers on any platform um what several well for i want to say like how do they find you you know because at a in, a in a way you kind of have to like build yourself first and then somebody can come you know i don't even I mean? think they need me right they don't need me um he's like i shouldn't even be working i don't even know why i have a job <laughs> <laughs> no like they don't need me to be successful like what they should do what the the first thing is like obviously i think content helps anyone that's trying to become anything which is like you're trying to become a baker you're trying to become a lawyer you're trying to become a doctor yeah. it doesn't really matter content can probably help oh yeah and you can create content uh, about the thing that you're passionate about, whether what you're passionate about is baking or whether it's like cleaning teeth and being a dental hygienist. True. And there's a lot of people now. On TikTok, there's literally every one of those categories exists. Like there's a lawyer on there yeah. who says, who's at fault? And you, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking there's, about. There's, it's dope. It's, there, it's super dope. There's, uh, God, how many other examples? There's so many examples of this. People who like clean carpets or, or, or... Yeah, I forget the, even the person, the the dentist one, that I'm, the name is slipping my mind, but they just, uh, they blew up on YouTube Shorts, all yeah. creating content around dental hygiene. Mm. And now guess what? When they launch a freaking electric toothbrush, you don't think that's just going to like slap. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's so much productization there. There's so much trust that they can build. We go to the dentist. I've never met that man in my life. I've never heard him say one thing that I found smart about dental hygiene outside of the like 10 minutes that we're together. Yeah. This person I'm watching all the time. I trust what they're all saying. Of a, and all of a sudden you didn't even know you were interested in dental hygiene. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Cause yeah. it, it like, you're like, why am I watching this video about teeth? I don't even, I don't even care. I don't even like to go to the dentist. Yeah. And here I'm watching yeah. this dude with terrible, whatever the issue is. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Or just like crazy. little tips and tricks about like what you should do in what order. And I'm like, Oh, that's fascinating. No one had ever taught me that. 
Yeah, I think about it like a funnel. So TikTok and IG Reels and YouTube Shorts sit at the top of the funnel. So you're trying to get new eyes into the funnel. And yeah. then what you're trying to do is eventually convert them into your YouTube, that's how which I, is yeah. the middle of the funnel. And then the bottom of the funnel is places where you actually own audience. So that's your SMS list and your email list. Oh. So you can think about it as that's where you inevitably want to get people. And that's, where you, that's that, where you... That bottom one is where you sell products to, where you could sell... T in my case, I'd want to sell tickets to live shows. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's like the next step beyond YouTube because uh, that's where you actually own one-to-one -one direct contact. Yeah. Even on YouTube, you're renting space. And so, you know, YouTube can go belly up tomorrow. Obviously, that's very unlikely, but it's happened in the past to platforms like Vine. Mm. And you don't own that audience. You can't take it with you. You don't know how to contact those people. Right. Or like, let's say you're involved in a scandal where your nude leaks and then YouTube's like, yo, we're taking your videos down. It's and, likely to happen. Yeah. And then you're <laughs> screwed and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't get any of these subscribers informations. So the email list is where you can actually take them with you or message them directly no matter what happens in the world. Well, what, let's talk about those technical tips. Is there just, and you don't have to give away so many, no, no, but, but, but let's say this person who wants to be a baker wants to start posting videos on TikTok and YouTube. Mm -hmm. So what technical things, and I know like, you know, where to put the subtitles, where to frame things like that, how to, you know, yeah. what technical tips could you give somebody starting out posting their first pieces of content? Yeah, I would say the, the big thing, if you're starting from zero is to, I would say focus on short form content first because of the whole reason where you don't have, you need to get top of funnel. Yeah. I would say go look at other really high performing people in your space. And the first thing you should do is like what we call steal like an artist mm. where it's, it's not bad to look at someone else's art and then find a way to spin that into something of your own. But use their basis as like the starting point. Oh, interesting. This other person that does baking who has a lot of following does videos like this. Okay, what's my version of that? And just start there instead of trying to figure out like how to become this original like yeah. content production machine overnight. And I think the main thing is consistency. Yeah. If you are just starting out, you cannot allow yourself to get into the uh, pitfall of like uploading twice, having really low views, and then being like, TikTok's not for me, and then moving on with your life. So that's what I was gonna ask you about. Let's say you did all the things you're supposed to do technically, right? And you put a piece of content out you believed so much in, it still fails. Do you have any tactics a creator can employ to deal with that failure? I have plenty that I have when it comes to doing live comedy because if you're not failing on stage, it just means you're not taking risks and you're not growing as an artist. So I, I imagine that can kind of be translated a little bit to social media platforms and things like, things like that. But are there any tips or tricks you know to help creators deal with that? I think one of the main things is uh, being able to find anyone in the space that can give you direct feedback on your work. Mm. I think a lot of the times as a creator, if you don't know any other people that are around the same size of scale as you are, you're uploading and then it goes into like the void of the universe and you're like, was that good? Was that not good? And the right. only metric you have for success is the views. Yeah. And if the views are like 10, then you're like, that was bad. But that's right. not the case, that's right? Because sometimes case. that video just didn't get the promotion it needed or, you know, that's why like certain songs don't pop off for an artist and then their 10th song pops off and then all the other ones pop off. It's just because it's been looked at in different light. You know, it's interesting. I, I have friends who, co comedy friends who were so resistant, resistant to TikTok mm. and then they started using it and then like it wasn't working and then something popped off. But they were all, they would also be like, should I delete old videos? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> no. First of all, if you are part of the TikTok creator program and you get a video that goes hella viral, yeah. it pushes every other piece of content up and some of those con pieces of content that 
it just didn't have the audience and you know whatever the algorithm is it just didn't push it forward because it didn't get those initial views you know yeah. but now it has a whole second life yeah you know yeah so i would say like the one of the main things is find a peer group of some sort to uh, go through the experience with. So even for you, like I would say, if you can find like three to four other comics, uh, that are looking to leverage social media and like grow their TikToks and grow their YouTubes, create like a little peer group where you do weekly calls mm. and you chat with each other about like, yo, this thumbnail didn't work for me. Did it like, what are you guys seeing thumbnails work? What's your click through rate Yeah, and giving and providing actionable advice. And this is honestly something we're, we're like building in the YouTube space as well with this new program creator now. But like, that's the main thing that's is right. yeah, you said if that, you're, yeah. if you're not doing it, if you're doing it by yourself, how the hell are you supposed to know what's right or wrong? Yeah. You essentially, you're kind of like a scientist in a lab. I mean, I was like that a little bit. I, I mean, I took advice from people that I knew such as you and other creators mm -hmm. and things like that. And just kind of, you know, you're just sort of throwing darts and, and see, yeah, see and what hits. And that's like the lucky resource you have, right? For like a person in Milwaukee where everyone is like laughing at her aspirations of becoming a creator. Um, that's unfortunate. She doesn't like, have she the doesn't other have people that. around. Yeah. yeah. So now with the internet, uh, we can like find people on discord groups and other like platforms and communities. So that would be the main thing. And then staying consistent because yeah. if you don't stay consistent, you don't give yourself a shot. And the number that you said early on, which was like, yeah, if you, the average person takes like 3000 videos to get to like a million subscribers, do you have to be, you have to be ready to, and willing to go through the, like the slumps. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, just so you guys know, quit. totally. I just let you guys know, I didn't, I've been just doing comedy for 10 years and still, until I started making a substantial amount of money, a, a money that I could like survive with. I mean, now it's, there's even more money, but like, I'm not making millions of dollars either. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it takes time. It and takes time. I mean, I've, I've had conversations with, um, I've probably already talked about this on the podcast, but I've had conversations with teenagers who DM me and, and they're like, they need advice. I'm like, I'll, I'll talk to you, you know, but they have, and I sense this feeling in them. That's like, they want to be famous or they want to go viral and they want the success immediately. But, and I don't even know if they would know. I don't even know if they know what they would do with it if they got it, you know? Yeah. And they feel this pressure, like if it doesn't pop off tomorrow and it's like, bro, you're like, you're like 18, yeah. you know, some content creators are, you know, that young, but not everybody's like that. You're, and totally. the journey is going to be totally different. You know, it's all about patience. I feel like, um, I hate to give him credit for it, but like Gary Vee always preaches like the patience thing. Like, it's so true. Like we forget, uh, that everyone's doing things at their own timeline and her time horizon. Yeah. And you can't ha want it to happen all at once. And to be honest, even if it did, you'd skip all the fun stuff. Yeah. Like some of the best parts of your career have probably been like the moments that have caused like uh, a oh, need for perseverance yeah. and turbulence and you got through them. That's why you're so proud of yourself. I'll tell you what, man. Somebody's... If you like walked into your first audition and the dude was like, Morgan, you're going to be a star and I'm going to be sure of it. And yeah. they just like gave you everything <laughs> you ever got. You'd be like, oh man, this feels like I didn't even deserve any of this. Yeah. Let me tell you, it does feel good when people buy those tickets or you get handed that check. And I mean, I'll tell you what, the way it comes full circle. When you start doing comedy, um, they have these things called bringer shows. And essentially you get five minutes for... Uh, if you bring 10 people, right? Then what's so crazy is that once you become a headliner, you are doing bringer shows again. And basically you get to perform at a venue if you could fill the venue. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? So mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I get to perform for an hour if I can get a hundred people to show up. Mm -hmm. Same kind of, and it's, so it's, it's, and it's, it takes on a different kind of energy, but it's, it's kind of crazy how it comes full circle like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to get away from like inspirational stuff. Cause on the other podcast, you were like, there's plenty of inspiration on the internet. <laughs> Let's talk about 
revenue sources that people who are content creators might not even consider because that changed, you know, mm-hmm. back in 2020 between when everything closed down to now, I get revenue from Spotify, YouTube, not so much just because I haven't been consistent with posting, but, but at the height, it was Twitch, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Spotify, um, merch, mm-hmm. uh, Live ticket sales. Love it. Uh, and then I, I don't know if you consider donations or people supporting sure. you, but that's seven sources of revenue, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I named all of them, but I don't know if because I didn't have any. Also, I didn't have any like brand partnerships either. But I don't know mm-hmm. if you can talk to just so people kind of know what the potential is of this being a viable career path. You know? Yeah, I think and you don't have to say how much money. Everybody's gonna make a different amount of money, but it's yeah. I think the actual the interesting thing there is like if we were to like do the exercise of drawing up the pie graph of how much money you make on average every year and how much of it comes from those parts. Yeah. Right. Like that's where it becomes interesting. To be honest, like hearing seven seven revenue streams is less interesting if ninety five percent of them come from oh yeah one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which is mostly like ticket sales and streams. Exactly. Right. So what actually becomes interesting is like can you create let's call it four revenue streams that are um, around like 10 to 15% of your uh, gross total income. gross income. Yeah. And if you can do that, then that's like really substantial. You're not over leveraged on one part. I would say thinking about revenue, I think creators and uh, comedians and just in general, like people who are aspiring creative professionals try to monetize too early. Mm. And I think the reason behind that is because you're, uh, you know, a, a, a up and coming creative you probably are like choosing to do this either on your spare time or instead of pursuing a quote unquote normal job yeah. and you're struggling for cash. This shit isn't cheap. And you're like, Oh fuck, I should probably try to like sell merch to my hundred subscribers so that I can make some money so that I can continue doing videos. And what you're doing is you're, we like to think of it or I use the analogy of like uh, squeezing oranges and like you're planting oranges and then you're squeezing them. So planting oranges is like providing value, creating content, giving to your audience and squeezing the oranges are like when you create an ask and you ask Mm. them to buy something or transact with you. And so if you've only like given one orange and then you immediately squeeze it, then there's no oranges left. You have to grow that orchard out. You got to grow the orchard out. And so we, we use this analogy with the creators that we work with on like you guys are planting oranges and we're squeezing them. We're like, okay, cool. Revenue opportunity here. Let's launch this brand revenue opportunity here. Let's create an event. Revenue opportunity here. Let's sell a course. And the goal is we're squeezing at the same rate that they're planting. Cause if we over squeeze, yeah. then the audience is like, yo, you're being way too capitalistic here. Whatever happened to the special something we had. And on the other side, I mean, that's can, my biggest fear is that going too hard into like trying to make money because I think people are drawn to the authenticity of, and I think the, the inverse of that would be like my argument against you would be, okay, then do it for free. Mm-hmm. Cause then absolutely it's real not. value. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely absolute not. Fuck that. I've done it for a decade. I'm not doing it again. Yeah, but even yeah. like, okay, do it subsidized or give away a scholarship or do mm. something like there's so many ways that you can do something that increase engagement. And the yeah. number one thing I think I always come back to when I'm speaking with up and coming artists is like, instead of always thinking about the audience outside of your existing audience that hasn't heard of you, think about how you can increase engagement with the audience that already knows who you are. Like instead of you thinking about how do I find another hundred thousand people to know who Morgan J are, how do I get the existing Morgan J fans to double down on me? Yeah. Because 
you know, I mean, just as far as my numbers go, they're small. Like I have 25,000 on Instagram and I'm thinking about those 25,000 people who choose to watch my stuff every day and mm-hmm. comment or, or buy tickets to my shows and things like that. And, and I don't think like, I think about how do I get to that hundred K, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if, if I work and focus on my current audience, I'm just thinking, I'm like, now I'm having a pivot. I'm thinking about like how Anise does it, like writing out the letters well, to think about people. It even like, yeah. Like, you know, let's think about it like this. If you said, Hey, I'm doing a, I'm doing a special. My special is going to be live streamed. Yeah. How many, but you have to buy tickets. Tickets are t- whatever, $20, $50. How many people are buying tickets? If you had to guess, you I also have to say you can make a uh, Let's just say like a thousand. If I really, if we're like, you know, if I promoted it really hard. So you had like, instead of thinking about, I have this many Instagram followers or I have this many YouTube subscribers or TikTok, whatever you have a thousand fans. Yeah. That's the number you should be like, how do I get that? Number and if I up? sold every ticket for 40 bucks, which they'd happily pay because they just want to support most. I feel like most fans just want to support the artists because they love them, mm-hmm. you know, a uh, thousand times 40 is $40,000 and that, right? Yeah. And that's a teacher salary in a year, you know? Yeah, which is great. And it's less about the money. It's more about like how many people actually have a strong enough emotional attachment to you that they're willing to transact on something that you promote. Yeah. Um, and that can be on your show. That can be on merch. Like how many people buy merch? Is it still the thousand or does that number go down to a hundred? Right, um, right. And why? Yeah. And how do you increase that number? That uh, equation changes in your mind from how do I like pop off on TikTok? It becomes more of like, let's say this throughout the holidays, you put out something that says, Hey guys, if you're in my audience and you don't have a Christmas dinner to look forward to, and you're for whatever reason, living in a city where you haven't been able to go home, maybe it's because of COVID, maybe it's because you're working in a new city or you moved, blah, blah, blah. If you're going to be alone on Christmas, let's do a Morgan J Christmas. I mean, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I posted the other day, like on Twitch, I'm going to just be singing holiday, which I did last year. Exactly. It was very popular. I said, come yeah. on, sing some holiday songs and hang out with me. Amazing. Like, I'm, not, I'm not charging anything. I'm just exactly. saying, come hang out. Do come, it for free. Come hang out. And yeah. that will give people an opportunity to be like, whoa, I really fuck with this guy. Yeah. And he's got a heart of gold and I love him. And next time he promotes something, I'll be so much more likely to transact yeah. because look, he actually cares. It's crazy. Cause I do have some fans when I was twitching regularly that would drop a hundred, two hundred dollars, like a donation for no reason and just be like oh i just want to support you bro exactly. i'd be like what in the world all right i have a couple more questions okay. for you because uh, i want to get you out of here uh what is the number one mistake you think you would say new creators make starting out if you could if you, if there is one over monetize like monetizing too early um and basing the success off something based on the uh traditional metrics which are like views and uh-huh. uh li- likes got it um, putting value on that more yeah. than building a, a strong Kate who I work with has a really good saying where she says like uh, subscribers and views are, are lagging indicators of success. So they're like behind, you know what I mean? Like you could be putting out good content and your subscriber count hasn't caught up. That's why you'll see like some creators, uh, they'll be making content. You'll see in the comments, people are like, how does this person not have I get that all the time. How's this person all not popped time. off yet? That's because your viewership and your audience is a lagging indicator of your success. Like you are making the type of content that someone who has far more subscribers and viewership than you have. Mm. Um, and so you basing your worth and your quality and your like, which uh, I don't, I yeah. used to, uh, there was a, when I, the first time I, I dipped 10,000 followers that, that yeah. happened. Cause I'm at the, right now I, I'm, I'm in a slump, but mm. I, I know we'll go like, cause it was down and then it went up by like a lot. And then, Last time that happened, the first time that happened, I was like, yo, like a small town decided to dislike me <laughs> or like, you know what I mean? Like when you put the number in perspective, but then when you think about, 
yo, but you have half a million people who still fuck with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And another friend put it this way. He said, the people who leave you, it just makes your foundation even stronger. stronger yeah. Because you're getting rid of the weaklings who don't necessarily know if they want to like be there if, if you If you uh, went to your audience and you were like, hey, guys, I support, I'm just going to make some shit like gun reform. If you don't follow, if, if you don't, like, I'm choosing to stand by this. And if you don't believe oh, in man. gun reform, unfollow me. Totally. And I'm not saying you should do that. Um, it's really everyone's decision on w- what hill they're willing to die on. Yeah. Uh, but the point of the matter is, like, you're making the choice that you want your audience to care about what you care about. And if they don't care about that, then they shouldn't be part of your following. That's kind of like, imagine you were like, hey, I'm going to start making script uh, skit content instead of making um songs funny songs, songs and whatever, whatever. It is. yeah and then you started being afraid that as you were making skit content people started to leave your channel which which i think about all the time because when i do try to go outside of that crowd work thing mm-hmm. people, people are kind of like people leave or i've had people say and then there's the opposite it's like it's like you can't win because people are going to be like hey um can you switch it up a little bit because i've had those comments too 100%. and then i've had people who are like oh we missed this content and it's like well you know so at the end of the day you just got to do what you want to do exactly because you have to be okay with like if you start deviating outside of like crowd play videos and then all of a sudden people are like yo i don't i only want crowd play videos and if you're going to switch it up then i'm going to leave you should be like there's the door i mean because nothing like personal it's just like yo i'm going to be who i want to be and make what i want to make and if it works it works if it doesn't yeah, I mean, I'm curious. I'm working on this podcast right now, and I'm going to have anywhere between 80 to 100 pieces of content that I'm going to post that are like this on mm-hmm. my platform. And I know I'm going to take a hit. But I also know I'm going to gain a whole new audience of people exactly. who want to know this shit and might find my comedy stuff and be like, holy cow. He does, he, it he all. does that too. I have two more questions for you because yeah. we're going to wrap up. Um, I was listening to an interview that you did talking about the future of content and we're saying it's completely mobile, which I don't disagree with. You know, I think we're filming this on a phone and I think it's going to be consumed on a phone, you know? Um, but like that was a couple years ago and now everybody's talking about web 3.0 and the metaverse, right? So have you thought about this or how, and I mean, I just saw Chipotle was one of the first brands to like buy property in the metaverse, in the metaverse to have a footprint there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think content creators will need to pivot or adjust in this space? If you, if you've thought about it, I know it's, it's, it's really hard to speculate because it's, I mean, I think about it a lot and personally I've done a ton of like self-educating on web three stuff. And when I say that, like I haven't been like, you know, buying every NFT that's launched and shit like that. Like I've been trying to figure out like what the underlying technology is and what exists and chatting with businesses to see what's real and what's just like a smoke screen. And I think that there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the space that's going to revolutionize the way. And it, I, I wouldn't say revolutionize. I would say it, it, it enhances the way that the space has been going. Mm. We've already, like I said, with social media, been able to have creators go direct to audience. Yeah. Now we're going to be able to increase the incentive structures for uh, creators to give to their fans. So now as an early fan of Morgan J, you might be able to have some sort of upside in Morgan J or yeah. we'll be able to have some governance over your decisions. So for example, if you get a deal and you're going to be the face of this telecommunications company, you could go to your fans who've actually chosen to like put their money behind you as a creator and say, Hey guys, I'm going to cast a vote where you guys get to pick whether I do this deal or not. Should I do this and should I not? And I'm going to give you guys the governance <laughs> gotcha. of it. And if I, if I do it and I have financial upside, maybe you guys see a portion of that. Yeah. It's like you allowing your fans to become your board of directors. 
I would say the metaverse stuff, I feel like it, right now is the hype cycle of it. Yeah. When you really, if you really chat with a lot of these businesses and you look under the hood, there's really not that much technical innovation it's going on. Literally, like when the internet first came out, nobody had any idea how we were going to utilize this. Yeah, and I think I think this stuff will be the future, um, and it will continue to trend. And now that it's getting all this attention, the good thing that happens is everyone with dollars and uh, energy, like engineers and stuff that want to get jobs, new graduates, like where do you think they're going to go work? They're going to go work in Web three companies. Yeah, and so that will become the future. And it's great that a lot of attention is going there. But I don't think everyone now should think about to themselves, how do I change everything I'm doing right now and like go have a concert in the metaverse? Like sure, I, 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 and I've thought about that. I'm like, should I release my next special as an NFT? You know, it's <laughs> not a bad idea. You know, because I'd be the or first. I'd be first of all, I'd be the first comedian to do that. Nice. And second, you know, I'm also doing music, so they'd own a piece of. You know, I hear about Tory Lanes and mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. these other content creators that are just like selling their music straight to these people and. Mm -hmm. It just seems so over my head and stresses me out. My, you know? my personal advice there would be like, whatever you do, make sure that the things that you sell your audience come with some sort of special utility and access so that if the NFT itself became worthless, if all NFTs crashed, did they have something that they could use that for or redeem right. it for or burn it for or get access to something? So yeah, the way I would think about it is if like I sold, uh, let's say in the course of my lifetime and career, right, I'll sell only a... 10,000 NFTs, but anybody who owns that NFT will always get like backstage access to any one of my shows. They will get a photo. They don't got to pay for it. They'll always have that access. Perfect. Right. Yeah, Something exactly. like that. Okay. And yeah. I mean, I would start that number with you at like, what if you did that for a hundred? Yeah. Yeah. And then what if you made a rule? As like, it got bigger, we were as it got more. bigger and, and it was like, you ask the hundred, how many more slots you should make? Ah, yes, yes, yes. And so now they're completely in control of what you're doing with these. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could airdrop them different I things. Mean, I'm literally going to have to do that now. Yeah. I literally have to you make. Have to. Just writing make NFT. <laughs> make 100 NFTs. Yeah. Okay, last question, which I ask every guest on the, on the podcast is, uh, what was the last song or thing you listened to on your streaming device? Whether I don't know if you have your iPhone on you. And don't be embarrassed if you want to share I, I, for some reason, I think it's going to be a podcast for you, but no, it was a song. Do you know? Do you do you have the phone on you? Do you yeah. want to just pull it out? Are you okay with that? It's yeah, okay. Yeah, don't no. be don't be shy. No, no, I'm definitely not shy. Don't be shy. What was I listening to? We like I love I like this question. Let's go. Let's see what we got here. Oh, it's so basic. I'm like, no, seven. it's not. Is this song? That's a huge TikTok song. Do you That's know fine. Talking? Let me wait. Which one is this? Oh, Ooh, that song is dope. It's a dope song, Here's but it's like the basic TikTok song. No, right it's fine. Most a lot of songs I find are, are from TikTok, which is crazy to me. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say this to you and everybody watch, watching or listening. One of the best advice pieces of advice I got from a friend of mine. He said, "If you just embrace the Billboard Top 40 into your life, you're just going to be a happier person. There's no reason to fight the catchy yeah. songs. There's no reason to like be like, no, I listen to cool shit. Yeah, yeah. Why?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a reason why that shit's at the top of it because it's fun. People like this. You just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I the reason I was like, oh man, because like I do. I love that that popped up because it just it just speaks to everything we're literally talking about. Yeah, today. it does, right? Like I'm listening it, to the song that I found on TikTok and yeah. that made me. Yeah, I mean, a hit is a hit is a hit. Yeah. Um, I just like also I was like, oh, maybe something would be more uh, like <laughs> indicating of my personality. But now I got no, the you basic. Killed it. No, I got it's the perfect. Basic TikTok guy. Listen, song. at the end of the day, we're all we all just want like a something to eat and take a, <laughs> we want to take a doo-doo and put yeah. some music on. Yeah. 
We're all just humans is what I'm We're saying. We're all just humans. Uh, Zach, I, I want to thank you so much for talking to me. Is there anything you want to plug or just at the end that you want to let know? I'll also be tagging you and doing all that stuff when I, when I post um, these things. If you, if you want to connect directly, I'm Zach at Zach Honovar on uh, Instagram, which is probably the best place if you want to DM me. That's spelled Z-A-C-K-H-O-N-A-R. If you have some follow-up questions, because I'm sure there's plenty. Follow-up questions. Yeah. Uh, and if you're an aspiring <laughs> creator, whether that's a YouTube creator, or Instagram, or TikTok creator, check out Creator Now at creatornow.club because uh, we're, we're going to build that out into film school, but reimagined for the digital creators. Love that. And uh, I'm Morgan J. Just, Everyone gonna, knows who Morgan is. I'm just going to say Google me and just pick whatever platform you want to. Go watch La- Last Comic Standing 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, go. <laughs> no, but I always say go watch my comedy special on YouTube. Go check it out. It's uh, it's there. You can I put it out myself, and I appreciate everybody who watches it. It means a lot. And we'll just see you on the, uh, the next episode, guys. See you later. The hook, the hook, the hook. The hook, the